I bring you greetings from Brentwood, California, which is at the end of the line in the Delta. It's famous as a fast-growing town. Uh, 20 years ago, population about 1,500. Now, population somewhat over 50,000. It's famous for its strawberries, its peaches, and its corn. It's famous for the number of city parks. I'm not sure if I read it or made it up. I make up a lot of things. There are something like 74 city parks with playgrounds for children. And it's famous for its box stores. We have Home Depot, Office Depot, and Everything Else Depot. We live in Somerset 1. There's Somerset 2, and would you believe it, Somerset 3 and Somerset 4. In our Somerset, there are 450 houses. Angela started a Wednesday afternoon tea so that we can meet other residents because we're new. We've been there seven months, and uh, about 30 people come to that, and we have a natter about where we came from. I sing in the Somerset Singers, and we're singing A Phantom of the Opera and West Side Story, and also a song from Hamilton, appropriate for this morning, I'll Be Back. <laughs> We've been attending the local United Methodist Church because that's the church in the neighborhood. And the people are welcoming and invited me to preach and would you believe they've invited me to come back again in September. <laughs> in the Methodist Church, they have a screen above the altar and a screen at the back of the church uh, for the people who are on Zoom and also for the congregation as well. So it's a visual sermon as well as an oral one. I'm learning how to put jokes together visually on PowerPoint. Alas, they don't have a liturgy, and alas, they don't have uh, the uh, 1982 hymnal. <laughs> the lay people take most of the service so that the uh, clergy only have to do the sermon and the pastoral prayer, the prayers of the people. And I note that the service never lasts longer than 60 minutes. So there's more time for the sermon there, and I'll have to be short in what I say here. The food after the service, which of course is very important, is not quite as good there as it is here. <laughs> this Sunday is Easter 2, also called Low Sunday. It is not the most popular Sunday of the year for clergy to preach on, because clergy generally said everything they have to say last Sunday. <laughs> they are preached out and also tired after all the admin that goes into getting uh, Easter together. And so our Bishop Megan decided that she would send out a sermon uh, for people to preach if they've got nothing else. <laughs> uh, she said, 
that she will record a sermon for you to use at Easter 2 services. There is no requirement that you use it. We are providing it to give your preachers a well-deserved rest. Well, I read Bishop Megan's sermon and I thought it was pretty good, actually rather better than anything I've got to say this morning. But since I've been retired and I haven't had to preach at Easter, I've discovered that the readings for this Sunday are actually pretty good readings and I'm glad I have the opportunity to preach today and I'm grateful to uh, Father Stephen for his invitation. Sometimes they call this Sunday Doubting Thomas Sunday, but I call it Exclamation Sunday, and if you keep listening, you'll find out why. At first sight, Thomas seems to be central to the Gospel reading, but I think that the risen Lord is the center, central character. Thomas was not the only person who was doubting. During Jesus' lifetime, the crowd hesitated. Whatever Jesus did, it was not enough. The crowd wanted a sign. He came to his hometown of Nazareth, Nazareth. He taught in the synagogue, and they frowned on what he said because he was the local kid. I know what that's like when my family finally came and heard me preach, they said, you're not bad, <laughs> with an air of surprise. Jesus said it this way, prophets are not without honor except in their hometown. And he could do no deeds of, deeds of power because he was amazed at their unbelief. After his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, the crowd shouted, Hosanna, and he departed and hid from them. Although he had performed many signs in their presence, they did not believe in him. Doubting was nothing new, but there was more, much more to come. <coughs> when the women reported back to the disciples in the upper room, the men said, what do they know? They are only women. And their words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. When the risen Lord appeared to the disciples in Galilee, they had returned to their fishing boats because they were fishermen, and that was what they knew. Uh, they were at least earning some money, and Jesus stood on the beach. The disciples did not know that it was him, and I suspect that Peter experienced not a little guilt when he recognized that it was the Lord. And so he put on his clothes and waded out to the shore. And ourselves, what about our own doubts? It is hard to believe when we or a loved one are in pain. It is hard to believe when we are alone. It is hard to believe when we are watching the service on Zoom and not person to person. We need compassion, we need sympathy, not judgment, and so does Thomas. On the other hand, there are places and there are times when it is easier 
to believe. For myself, it is easier to believe when you are at summer camp with children. It is easier to believe when it is easier when you are at church uh, and it's Easter day. It's easier to believe when you are praying in the midst of a praying congregation. In bed recently, when I was not sleeping, instead of counting sheep, I was counting the number of churches that I've been in where prayer was valid. I didn't get very far. I got to 1965. I was doing uh, American, uh, English Peace Corps and I was in Malaya and I went to church on Sunday morning and I heard the voice of God calling me. Uh, God said to me, uh, I still want you to be my priest. And my exclamation was, okay. <laughs> God speaks to us in mysterious ways, in mysterious times, and in mysterious places. And all of us, I believe, have our burning bushes and our upper rooms. And there are other exclamations during Holy Week. On Palm Sunday, the crowd shouts in the words of Superstar, Hosanna, Hazanna, Zanna, Zanna, Ho. One of the criminals crucified with Jesus said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. On Easter morning, when Mary finally realized that the risen Lord was not the gardener, she turned and said to him, not in Hebrew, but in Aramaic, Rabunai, meaning my teacher. The disciple whom Jesus loved recognized the risen Lord because of the miraculous catch of fish and said, it is the Lord. And when Thomas saw the marks of the cross on the risen Lord and knew without a shred of doubt that the impossible had happened and said, my Lord and my God. And when we receive the body and blood of Christ, as I was taught by a congregant some years ago, Jim, to say, thank you, Jesus. When our doubts are satisfied, a transformation takes place within us, and it's quite extraordinary, quite amazing. Our faces, like the face of Thomas, light up and I can think of times when it happens. When we get a degree better than we deserved or expected. When our wives say to us, yes. At the end of what we took to be a preliminary parish search and the parish vestry suddenly says, come. Or in everyday mundane situations like finding a parking place, we exclaim, there is a God. <laughs> what will your exclama exclamation be? Alleluia. Amen.